This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Welcome to the Homeschool with Moxie podcast, where our goal is to inspire and encourage you with actionable strategies to take you from overwhelmed to confident in your homeschool adventure. I'm your host, Abby Banks, and this is episode number 51. This episode is brought to you by my free online workshop called 10 Truths to Crush Homeschool Burnout. Now, this workshop is great not only for those of you who feel burnout and just need a bit of encouragement, but just for every homeschool mom. Every once in a while, we all need to hear the truth because we are used to listening to what we hear in our heads, the voices in our heads that are maybe not always telling us the way things are. We don't see things from an outside perspective. We're so in the mire of homeschooling that sometimes we need a reality check. And that's what this workshop is for you. I've gotten so many uh, moms to give me great feedback that it was super encouraging and helpful for them. So I want you to check it out. You can find the link in the show notes at 41more.com forward slash 51. Welcome to episode 51, which is all about six tips for homeschooling multiple ages, even if you have babies and toddlers. The inspiration for this episode came from an email I got from one of my readers, and she said, do you have any tips to homeschooling multiple elementary-aged kiddos at a time? They have six kids, and that includes a baby, like a one-year-old and a toddler who's two, plus several kids who were in the elementary grades. And so I thought this was a great um, question. She also said, do you recommend multiple subjects in a day? Like, how do you actually format your day when you have so many kids and you have little ones that need your attention? This is such a common issue, and I remember struggling it with it as well when my kids were really little and when I had babies and toddlers in the house. And honestly, I'm going to jump into the points because if I give too long of an intro, I'll give all my points in the intro. But I just want you to know if you're struggling with this, this is such a common issue for homeschooling families, right? Because you do have the babies at home or the toddlers, or you just have multiple ages of kids and you have to figure out how do I homeschool them all successfully? So let's jump in with my six best tips for this situation. Here we go. A lot of my first tips deal with mindset because I find that mindset is huge. It's not always what you're doing in the nuts and bolts of your day, but it's your mindset and your expectations going into homeschooling. So my first tip is that schooling doesn't have to take as long as in the public school. It won't take as long. And so if you're imagining, I've got to school these kids from eight to three every day, that's not realistic. And with a one-to-one tutoring model, which is what homeschooling is, it's so much more efficient. My first grade daughter can get done all of her work within the span of, if we work really hard within an hour or so, maybe a little more, if you add on extra things like reading and 
um, art and extra kind of extra things. But the bulk of her foundational subjects can be easily done within the span of an hour because I'm working right with her. If she doesn't understand it, I can fi- I can find a different way to explain it to her. If she does understand it, we just breeze through because there's no sense in prolonging something that she understands. We can just move on. So schooling is not going to take as long as it would take in a public school. And that's just a mindset thing. So when you're homeschooling multiple ages, don't think it's from eight to three, I'm working with all the kids. It's not always going to be that way. That's tip number one. Tip number two is going to take a little pressure off of yourself. It is that you won't be able to teach every single thing, so don't stress it. And here's what I mean. Like, you're not going to teach your kids everything there is to know in science from grades K through 12, right? You're just not going to. There are going to be gaps. You know how we always worry about gaps with our kids' education? Look, even if you went to a public school, I'm sure you had gaps in your education. I went to a Christian school. I had gaps in my education, even though my parents were paying a really big tuition fee to put me in that Christian school. So everyone has gaps. So don't feel stressed out as the homeschool mom that you've got to do this thing perfectly. If your goal is to raise lifelong learners, that's the most important thing. And so there will be gaps. But this is what leads to the third step, or the third tip rather, is to prioritize subjects, meaning math and language arts are foundational and you want to cover them every day. My reader asked, do you recommend multiple subjects in a day? Well, I think math and language arts need to be covered daily because these are foundational. Social studies, science, Bible, foreign language, art, physical education, music, all these things are needful and you want to do them and you want to get to them. But if you don't do them every day on the elementary level, your kids are not going to be behind. They're not going to suffer. It's going to be fine. So if, if you're, if on a hard day, all you can do is math and language arts, you're doing great. And I think you need to take that pressure off yourself. Remember, get to the foundations, get them a good foundation in math, get them a good foundation in language arts, reading, phonics. They're going to be be well on their way to being independent learners as they get into middle school and high school, which will also take the pressure off of you as the homeschool mom. And this leads nicely to tip number four, I told my reader when she asked me this question, I emailed her back and these are the exact answers I gave her. I said, number four, this is a season and homeschooling won't always look like this. I remember feeling really, I don't know if if the word is stressed out or just, just over the top busy and overwhelmed a lot of times when my kids were all little, because when kids are little, they are so needy and it can be physically exhausting. Now, as they get older, they're still needy, but in different ways, maybe emotionally as they get into the teenage years. But physically, it doesn't feel as stressful because you're getting a full night's sleep. When you have babies, you're not getting a full night's sleep. And that can really play with your emotions as a mom. I know that really made me feel terrible when I wasn't getting enough sleep. But remember, this is a season. I tell people all the time that now that I have three teenagers, a middle schooler, and one elementary kid, homeschooling is a breeze because we set the foundation in the younger years. They learned how to learn. They learned how to work on school well. They learned some uh, good work ethic with their schoolwork. They learned how to be independent learners. And now I'm reaping the benefits of that as I have high schoolers. Sure, sometimes I still need to motivate them or remind them not to be lazy here and there. That's just normal. But there's not a struggle with getting the schoolwork done. They get it done. They they want to do a good job. They want to get it done so they have the rest of the day free, right? They're motivated by these things. Um, 
and they don't need me as much. Now that they're older, I have a whole lot more time on my hands to be able to work on things around the house while they're working on their school. And I'm here to answer their questions and I'm here to help them, but I'm really a manager. I decide what they're going to learn. I set it all up in systems and they go for it. They know how to get their day done pretty much independently. And so this is a season when you feel crazy because your kids are 10, 8, 7, 4, 2, and 1, and you're going, this is nuts. You got to remember that it's not going to be like this forever. You are in a hard season where a lot of it is on your plate, but just realize it's not forever. I think that gives a little hope that this is not you know, my life for the next 20 years. It will calm down and it will get better. So that's tip number four, to realize in your mind, this is a mindset shift, this is a season, and it's not going to always be like this. Now, my tip number five for my reader was, consider some safe ideas to keep your little ones busy for 30 minutes at a time, because she has a two-year-old and a one-year-old, and part of the struggle was, how do I help my, you know, my older kids, my 10-year-old and eight-year-old, while I've got a two-year-old and a one-year-old? And I know this is a, this is a huge issue. It's just very hard. You just got to admit it's hard. It's not going to be beautiful. Um, I said, you know, can your two-year-old sit in a high chair at the table and play with Play-Doh while you work with the older kids? You know, a little bit of mess for 30 minutes. Some kids might play with that for an hour and it's totally worth it. They're right there with you. So you can, you know, you can redirect them or help them, but you're able to also work with your older kids. Can the one-year-old have pack and play time? It's okay to stick the one-year-old in the pack and play and let them, you know, roll around in there and play. It really is. And you're not going to stick them in there all day, but every once in a while, when you need to work with the older kids, can you do things like that? Maybe the four-year-old I said could have fun educational toys or activities that only come out during school time. So you could get some bins, stick in fun stuff, like even like things like kinetic sand, if you can deal with the mess or slime or, you know, certain really cool educational toys that you stick in this bin and he only gets to do it at the table while you're helping the older kids with school. And it becomes like his school. Sometimes that works with like three and four year olds really well. So try some of these things. And also if all else fails, use nap time. When your little ones go down for a nap, use that time to work on maybe the really intense subjects like math or phonics that you can't be interrupted when you're trying to teach. So that's another clue and another tip I'd have. My final tip that I gave to this reader that asked this question was how to teach with a group. And so when you have a bunch of kids that are generally in the same age range, right? So like elementary age, 10, 8, 7 would be like her kids that are doing elementary grades, right? They're not the same there is, there is a difference. And this is why your math is going to be independent, um, like grade level specific, right? Your 10 year old is going to have appropriate math at his grade level. The seven year old is going to have a different math level. And that's where you're going to make sure each kid gets their own math and phonics, grammar, spelling, math and language arts are going to be the ones you need to do grade level specific for where your kids are. But everything else on the elementary level can be done together. And I think if you're stressed out because you're, you know, you're doing an individual history for each kid, an individual science for each kid and all every subject, every kid has their own thing. And if this is not working for you, I want you to reconsider the way that I made it through the elementary years with my little group of four brothers who were only five years difference from the oldest to the youngest was we did it all together. We did all those subjects 
the same. There was no point in having the 10-year-old do his own history and the five-year-old do a different history and then the two brothers in between do their own history. It would have been crazy. So definitely teach subjects together when you can. You can do this with science, history, art, Bible, foreign language, read aloud. All these things can be done together. And this is exactly what we did all the way up until my oldest got into high school and he kind of spun off on to his high school track and slowly but surely we've kind of lost it. None of us are doing the same. Well, I shouldn't say that. Now my high schoolers are doing certain things together, like personal finance. We're all, all three high schoolers are taking that together this year. So it's kind of funny how we've come full circle and my high schoolers are back to doing a few things together in a group. But for the most part, everyone's independent now. Um, so definitely do things together. Are you trying to do school at separate desks or workstations. And this is what I asked my reader, because if you're trying to move between different desks or different rooms where they're all working and trying to help them, I find I found that was really hard. We even tried to have a homeschool room at one point in the basement with little desks, and it just didn't work well. Um, number one, we felt like we, we were in a dungeon because our basement didn't have any windows in that room. And we just wanted to be upstairs at the, at the dining room table. And so that's what we've pretty much done ever since that point all the way to now, probably for the last, I'm going to say the last eight to 10 years, we've ditched the homeschool room and we just work together at the table. Now that my kids are in high school, they do go off onto their own desks again. But when your kids are little in the elementary years, I find it much easier to help a group of them if you're all at a central location, like your kitchen table or your dining room table. So that's another thing about teaching a group. Um, Obviously, certain things can be done on the living room floor or on the couch. We would do that a lot with foreign language or Bible or even history. Um, We would just sit on the couch, read our lesson, look at the maps and do it in a casual way. But we were all together in the same place. And, you know, my reader asked, do you have to do multiple subjects in one day? Well, definitely the math and language arts, I think, should be done every day. But when your kids are in elementary school, the other subjects can be looped. And if you haven't learned about loop scheduling, I really want you to look that up. I'll put some links in the show notes um, to loop scheduling, but basically means you don't have to do all these other subjects every day. You could loop through history, science, art at every nap time. So that, for example, if you have little kids while they're down for a nap, maybe you're doing your loop subjects. So let me give you a sample schedule of what your day could look like if you have multiple ages in elementary school and you're trying to do a bulk of their schooling together. How might that look? Let me give you an example schedule. So in the mornings, you could use a morning basket. And I did a podcast about this, and I will link to all the resources that go with this kind of schedule in the show notes at 41more.com forward slash 51. But a morning basket just basically groups together a bunch of things that you're going to cover every morning. It becomes a nice little routine that you do. So after breakfast, after chores, you all gather at the couch or whatever. And it might be things like your read aloud, your history lesson, your Bible time. It's very low pressure. Your kids aren't doing workbooks and stuff. I mean, it's very low pressure, but you're 
but it makes you hit these really important things that you don't want to skip because let's face it, when we're just trying to do the bare bones, we tend to skip the read aloud or the history lesson, right? So it makes, it helps you prioritize some low pressure things that you want to do together as a family each morning. And it's a great way to start the homeschool day together. Next, after your morning basket time, which could go anywhere from 15 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour, it just depends what works for you. Next, you might have your kids work independently on their grade level subjects like math, grammar, phonics, and reading, and you're around to help as needed. So this is a might be a great time because maybe the babies and the toddlers are still happy. It's still early in the morning. Maybe they're going to have a snack or you're going to feed the baby while the kids work on these things. After that, which remember, it's not going to take hours and hours. So keep it, you know, 30 minutes of math and 30 minutes of language arts. And then after one hour's time, you can feel really good that you got your morning time done and you got your grade level subjects done. Then maybe it's time for lunch, all right? Maybe you play for the rest of the morning and then it's time for lunch. And together, if you have lunch, you could listen to a history lesson or an audiobook during lunch, which even helps you be able to get more done while not having to read it yourself maybe or having to be stressed out. It's just, it's just very um, informal. After lunch, maybe the baby or the toddler take a nap, and now you can work with your older kids in a loop. And here's where I'm going to explain a little more what a loop schedule might look like. So the first thing in your loop might be science. So the first day you do your loop, right after lunch, you're going to do science. The next day, you might do art. The next day after lunch, history. Now, once you have, what if you only have those three things in your loop, science, art, history, once you hit history, the next day loop back to science. The reason this works really well is if you had assigned these things on certain days, like science is Monday, art is Wednesday, history Friday, what happens if you miss three Monday afternoons a week because you have a doctor's appointment and you have other things going on, you might constantly be missing the same subject and then you feel behind and then you feel like you're off schedule. Whereas in a loop, Every day that you're able to do your after lunch loop, you just hit the next thing in order. And so it doesn't matter what day of the week it is, you just hit the next thing. So if you've already done science and art this week, maybe you had a couple days you didn't get to your looping time, the very next day you get to your looping time, you know it's time for history again. And that way everything's pretty much getting done evenly. You're pretty much getting the same amount of science and art and history or whatever you put in your loop, right? So that way, remember, you're teaching multiple ages together. Don't do a separate history and a separate science for each of your elementary kids. If you want to stay sane, you're going to want to find ways to teach them together. And then after lunch, look at all you got done. You got your morning basket, which you might've had three different things you covered. They got done their math and their grammar phonics reading in the morning. And then at lunch, you might've listened to an audiobook. Then after lunch, you might've done one subject that you looped through. And then you might, it might be 1230 or one o'clock and you had a super productive school day. You can totally let your kids go play for the rest of the day. I love letting my kids go play after they're done with school. I love not having homework. I love not working on things all the way up till dinner time. It's wonderful to clean up school and be done for the day. And that allows you to then spend time with your toddler and your baby and be able to focus on them. It allows you to have time to get dinner ready and, you know, work on whatever else you want to do. And 
I think this is a really relaxed kind of schedule that number one allows your kids to get a really great education because you're focusing on them in the morning when most of you're fresh, you're allowing yourself to teach multiple ages together, which takes the stress out of it. And yet they're still getting their grade level math and language arts done. So This is the answer I gave to my reader. I kind of sent her an email back, but I thought it would be great to share it with you all too, because I'm pretty sure that if she had this question, I'm sure a lot of you do too. So I hope this encourages you that it's totally possible to homeschool multiple ages together, even if you have babies and toddlers in this season of life right now. All the resources that I think are pertinent to this topic, I will link in the show notes at 41more.com forward slash 51. Don't forget to check out my free class, which is 10 Truths to Crush Homeschool Burnout. If you're feeling burnt out in this season, this might be the class for you. And I'll link it in the show notes as well. Thanks for joining me on today's podcast episode. And in the meantime, happy homeschooling.